There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, welcome to another episode of In Off The Bar. Brought to you by the Or To Know Better podcast. I'm joined by regular Jay and now regular uh, Jimmy the Ref. How are you doing, lads? Good, Car. I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Feeling a lot better after uh, last night. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What? That's what the doctor ordered. Yeah, so it, it'll, uh, we, we've got two games to discuss this week um, because we've got the Wolves game from uh, Friday and we've got the uh, the Saints game from last night. So we'll we'll delve into the Wolves game um, and we'll just talk about a couple of uh, points, Jimmy. That you know maybe you could clear up for us as uh, in your position. You know, um, the first thing I'd like to discuss, Jimmy, was um, the Bamford Peno. It caused a lot of chat on Twitter and and social media. Um, I felt anywhere else on the pitch, that's a foul. Why, Why, in your opinion, was it not given, do you think? Well, it's something the referees, uh, they're not actually thought to, uh, to deal with a situation like that, but to apply common sense. If it's anywhere outside the area, minimum contact, it's free kick, you know, allow free kick. But if it's in the area, no penalty. You're 
bringing a lot of attention to yourself by giving a penalty for an incident that, and I agree with what you're saying, anywhere outside the penalty area, it's, it's a free kick, but there are lots of things that happen inside the area the referees don't give. So they apply a little bit of common sense. If you were to give a penalty every time an incident happened inside the area, you know, you could have 10, 12 penalties in a game. So you apply a bit of common sense when it comes to incidents inside the box. Uh, I agree 100%. Anywhere outside the area, it's a penalty or it's a free kick. But I thought there wasn't enough contact, really. And the, the other thing that I take from the game, uh, the referee was very lackadaisical in the ways he went about his business on the night. A uh, few players could have been cautioned. He didn't. Uh, I there was a couple. I thought, I thought there was... Uh, was it um, Ram a size, is it, for... For Wolves was uh he he'd done a few I think it was a few harsh tackles that he he probably should have got booked for early was on, told, wasn't there? Yeah, he was throwing himself about uh, Leeds. There was a couple of incidents with Leeds. Bamford was taken from behind at one stage, which uh, certainly was a card. And uh, for me, he didn't have a bad game. Quite honest with you, but you know, it, it was a game that could have developed into more serious incidents. But if he had taken a stance earlier on, the would have calmed down a bit. But in fairness to me, let it flow as best he, he could. And you know, it's something you don't really see from referees now to let the game flow. And he certainly wasn't the centre of attraction, like you know, a lot of referees are. He certainly wasn't for me. Overall, I thought he didn't have a bad game. I thought he handled it fairly well. All right, uh, do you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah, uh, excuse me, looking shot there. Dog just picked up a loud toy. I was just like, oh, God, no, not now. Um, I, I was going to ask, actually, do you think some refs are, are a bit too focused on being seen to be refs that let the game flow? And then, as you say, they are too lack- lackadaisical. Well, some of the referees can be, you know, they're short pieces. I, Mike Dean, I've spoken about Mike Dean on numerous occasions, and uh, he, you know, builds himself bigger than the game. And the way he goes, his mannerism, when you see him walking out onto the pitch, like he knows the cameras are focused on him and that, and he's got this ear about him, you know, I'm the dictator, I'm going to, you know, lay down the law right from the start. But, you know, it doesn't work like that. You know, you'd see players as an equal, and he certainly doesn't. He has himself on a pedestal. Uh, He's not a bad referee. You know, he gets some of the big decisions, major decisions, right, and that. But he gets too involved in petty well, stuff. Even a broken you know. clock's right once a day. Why is it day, Joe? Well, yeah. it depends if we're talking twenty-four hour clock or not, Carl. You're getting technical <laughs> now. <laughs> I knew you were going to pull me up on it, though. Oh, sorry, I won't <laughs> keep your mouth shut. Yeah, the other thing I was going to ask you, Jimmy, was um, what did you think of the offside? Um, and those uh, dodgy looking lines that they put on seemingly just to do him over yeah. well it's, it's, look I'll try and go through this with you and you know, I, I'll ask both yourself and Carl a simple question what starts a game of football Listen. there's two criteria that starts a game of football what are they number one the whistle number two the kickoff. now when does the game actually start? When the ball is in motion or when the ball is touched? When it's touched, isn't it? No, it's when, when it's touched. Yeah. When it's touched. Uh, some years back, the ball had to turn its own circumference. 
before the ball will be actually in play. So the FIFA and UEFA to change that's just had to put your foot on the ball. The ball was deemed to be in play. Now that is something that Bear cannot pick up for some reason or other. They can't even go back and look at it. There was no way it was Bamford outside. It was a legitimate goal if you take it from when the ball was actually touched. Mm, yeah. He was onside. Yeah. Now, if it, was, if it was the old system where the ball had uh, to turn his own circumference, then possibly would have been could have been outside. But because all you have to do is put your foot on the ball, and VAR technically cannot pick that up for some reason. I just don't understand it. It's it's, it's just mind boggling. And and it's that that was something that was raised as well. I think um, on on Twitter, Jay. I'm not sure if you saw it where. Someone made a very good point. Obviously, the crooked lines you were on about, Jay. Yeah. And then they also made a point. It's like, like Jimmy's just cleared it up there. It's like, why can't VAR, if it can show the lines and it can show how tight the offside is, why can't it show when the ball is kicked in relation to when the run is made? And that's that's absolutely bonkers that they, they haven't tried to well, rectify we, that. We, but. Can we go away from the Leeds game just for a second? Last night, yeah. the Champions League match, the referee... Probably one of the best referees in football, in order of football. I think he's a German. Uh, absolutely top-class referee. He took the linesman flag for Drew's goal, took it for an offside. Now, he should have been in a position to see exactly, he should have been close to the incident. It took about three minutes, thereabouts, for VAR to decide. I mean, i seen it in real time. And I could see what actually happened. So the referee should be close enough to these incidents to, to know what to do, besides having to rely on VAR and let VAR make decisions. It's very hard on the linesman because the linesman cannot look at the player that's kicking a ball and watch the offside at the same time. It's very, very hard. And VAR, for, as I said, just cannot get the offside law right. Do you go back to the old system? If you're offside, you're offside. I think yes. I think it's a better way it takes a lot of pressure away from officials and it makes for a good debate over a couple of beers. I think so as well. I mm. I, I think the daylight rule should be implied, I think. I, I don't like this thing. I don't like this thing where people are getting ruled offside like for <clears throat> parts of the body that you're not allowed to score with or touch the ball with. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like if you touch the ball with that part, you'd be penalised. So why can you be well, offside with that part? Well, I, I, the only part of your body that you can't be ruled offside is your hand. Mm. Uh, your hand can be in an offside position, but we have seen with Bamford yeah. that he was ruled out. Yeah, we've seen him ruled out for his arm. Yeah, and that's, you know, you can't score with your arm or your hand. So therefore it was wrong. Now I listened to uh, Keith Hackett the uh, man of great respect for former FIFA uh, official. He, he was at one time, I think, head of uh, the uh, Referee Society in England. And he maintained that take away VAR from referees altogether, just train people, specialise in VAR, mm-hmm. just to look. There are people out there that has a good knowledge of modern technology and uh, the ways those computers work and that. Those are the people he reckons that should be looking at it, not referees. Now, I don't know whether that would work or not, but at least it'd be worth a try because VAR has been so controversial. Uh, it hasn't worked. Uh, I don't believe anywhere in Europe it has worked properly. I think there's issues all over Europe. But, but certainly in Ireland, well, we couldn't actually afford it uh, in 
our own professional league here, certainly the clubs wouldn't have the money to install it. And that, but <laughs> rarely do we have issues yeah. with officials. We rarely have issues. And I watch a lot of Irish soccer. We have very little issues, actually, with referees' decisions. Yeah. I, don't say, I genuinely believe VAR has come about because of TV and TV replays mm. for viewers at home and people kicking off saying, oh, how's he missed that? How's he, how's he not seen that? I think that's why we've got VAR, personally. I think it's because of people complaining and saying, why can't they use this technology? So they've tried to do that. And it's, it's a case of careful what you wish for, I think. Well, yeah. prior, to, prior to VAR, like, you know, my local, uh, if an incident occurred where an official got wrong, you know, you'd have a bit of banter discussing it for maybe 10, 15 minutes during the game and that. Mm-hmm. That's gone. You don't have that anymore, in, you know, in football. Yeah, it's, it's a sterile kind of zero-motion yeah. thing now yeah. because they've taken, like, you can't even celebrate a goal yeah. properly now. Every time someone celebrates... You like even Bamford last night, we'll get on to it in a bit, but he, he wheeled away and the first place he looked was over at the linesman and he was yeah. miles onside. Like it's yeah. like that's that that has to yeah. play on the players' minds that that you know it, it certainly does. Yeah, but look, you know, we've been down in the fair bit over the amount of chance he gets in a game and you know, he's not taking them. But last night he surely is a class yeah. striker given the opportunity. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I agree with you. You know, just prey on someone's mind, and they're very conscious of it when they receive a pass like that. You know, and it can actually slow them up a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're very conscious. Am I onside? Is he going to put the flag up? Now, well, the other thing that calls me is the fact that the ball can be in the net. You know, and thirty yeah. seconds later, the flag goes up. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> if you're offside, put the flag up. Yeah, but yeah. It's very strange that the play. other side of our. Yeah, well, it, it is, but this, this is the other side of Bear. <clears throat> if Bear looks back and they allow the goal, you know, they might do the lines or whatever and say, no, no offside, and the goal stands in that. And that's the reason why they're told to hold the flag back until such yes. time as either, you know, the, the goal is scored and then they can look back on it. But uh, for me, I think the old way is to put the flag up if you're offside and that's it, just get on with it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd say so as well. And Leeds are in motion for the first time with Harrison. Harrison attacks the left edge of the town box. Now he's crossed. Far post. Ailing arriving. Goal is United. A volley off the underside of the bar from Luke Ailing, who ghosted in unmarked. And Leeds have scored inside the opening few minutes. Jimmy, what we'll do is we move on to the Saints game. Um, it was... Uh, couple of instances that uh, we want to have a chat about um, obviously a positive 3-0 result at home uh, we're now look let's be honest another point or two and we're safe you know what I mean I don't think any team has got relegated with the 11 wins on the board in, in Premier League history so let's not break that duck yeah because of breaking um, records, aren't we? Oh, the thing about nobody's ever not got promoted at Christmas. When, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the top of Christmas, like, like, I don't think we'll ever rest until the final whistle's blown on the final day as well. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to bring up their their penalty incident, Jimmy. Now, there's kind of it's a two part kind of question. This now, um, the first part is why was there no booking for the Saints player if there's no penalty? Now, surely that's simulation. And the second part of that 
is why uh, was was the ref right to give the peno in the first place, given his positioning was very good and he had a clear view of the incident? Well, I thought his position was very, very poor, actually. Yeah, I thought uh, really? he, had a very, yeah, he had a very poor view. Okay. Uh, and it's human nature to react with you see. Like, it, it, it did appear, actually, that there was contact mm. made, if you looked at it in real time. And he has to act on these instincts. Like, he thought there was contact made, but it's not until you look back and you see a you know, closer look at it and that, that there was... Contact made, but the Wolves player initiated the contact. He actually put his foot in to Lorientis. He, he created the contact. Now, it was a simulation. He went down. He went down because of the contact, but not because of the defender's contact. It was his own contact that put him down. So it's not simulation in the sense that he's diving without any contact. There was, there was contact, but he, if you look at a very, that incident very, very closely, he actually put his leg, his right foot, in mm. Lorientis, and yeah. he went down. So he initiated the contact, and he went down. So it's not simulation in the sense where a player dives, you know, and is looking for something. That's not simulation, no. Well, what would you have classed that as, then? Because that's that's essentially cheating, like, and should you not be looking for that? Well, you know, it's, it's a very grey area. You know, yeah, it comes... Yeah, well, gamesmanship, I, I suppose, is probably the, the better word. But can you prove, you know, what's in a player's mind? You can look into a player's mind, you know, and assess what's going on in its head. And that uh, if it happened a second time, then you would, you know, take a dim view of it. You would certainly caution the player for it. But you get the benefit of the doubt, you know, for a once-off incident and that. And uh, it did, you know, if you were looking at it in real time, I actually thought straight away it was a penalty. It wasn't until yeah, I seen I, it back. I had my doubts, like, yeah, but I, I did initiate yeah, Well, I seen it back, yeah. and I thought, well, you know, he initiated the contact, he put his foot out, and that Lorenz didn't move yeah. his foot towards him. And that was the, the reason why it was uh, disallowed. I was worried yeah. in real time, because like it looked like he went down easy, but there was contact, so you never know which way he's yeah. going to go there with those things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, but uh, like, the referee, he was in a bad position, but irrespective of the position he was in, you know, it's very hard, you know, to spot something. You know, he's just got a split second to make up his mind on that. And yeah. he was quite confident in getting the penalty. And when he said it, and when he was told by VAR, no penalty. And he was, you know, changed his mind, which was the correct decision. But from once I've seen it, you know, in slow motion, I knew that no penalty, definitely no penalty, no penalty was going to be given. All right, OK. Well, thanks for clearing that up anyway. Um, Jay, do you have Yeah, I was going to ask you about the uh, the quick free kick that wasn't. Um, what did you think about that? Do you think the ref was right? Do you think he was wrong? I mean, he did sort of, he blew the whistle a few times before they put the ball in the net trying to stop them. Um they just seem to go. How, how do players know when they can and when they can't do a quick free kick? Well, you can ask the referee. You must inform the referee that you're going to take a free, a quick free kick. But normally around the penalty area, referees have been instructed that you have to wait till the whistle. Now, that was a decision that Andrew Mariner should have dealt with. It was a yellow card. That is a cautionable offence. If you take in an area like that, if you take a quick free kick without notifying the referee, because you're creating controversy both for the opposition, mm. your own team, and the officials. So 
in that instance, he was totally wrong. He should have actually given the Fintan player the yellow card. That would have calmed an awful lot down. He was 100% right to disallow the goal because what starts and finishes a game of football is the whistle. And you cannot bend the laws to suit yourself. Mm. You have to go by the whistle. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I think, um, like, uh, I think Adam mentioned it last night as well and, and whatnot, but it was like uh, the ref did get us off the hook uh, on two occasions. Well, VAR got us off the hook on one, and the ref I mentioned in the post-match podcast last night, Jimmy, I mentioned your 17 rules, but there's a, a, a hidden 18th, and it's common sense, and the ref used yeah. his common sense for well, the, 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 know, the quick free kick, I think. I know, I know Carol, when I'm uh, doing modules, now that we have modules every couple of weeks where I bring all the referees together, and we go through the laws of the game, and it's uh, question and answer uh, for about an hour maybe or thereabouts and these are issues that comes up you know what you do in a situation like that if it happens in the middle of the park again you know you just have a word with the referee or with the player listen you wait now Mm. most referees uh, will hear the you know can I take it and it doesn't have to blow the whistle go on take it but when it's around the area they are told and instructed, and I instruct the referees, tell the players, no, just wait for the whistle. Let the wall get time to build. Uh, make sure they're back the required distance from the, the taker and that. And then, when everything is in place, allow it, allow it to be taken. But you're only bringing trouble on yourself if you allow a quick free kick in an area like that and a goal score without the whistle be blown. Okay. But overall, he a very good game, Andrew Mariner, last night. Yeah, I thought he was—he was, he did fairly well, to be honest. Like I didn't—I didn't. he's a good referee. Uh, I like him, uh, refereeing. I thought he handled it uh, very well. Maybe you know he had a cards. He was a bit finicky with giving out cards and that. But at that level, you know, you have to uh, yeah. be, I suppose. But I thought overall, uh, Mariner did a pretty good job last night. Oh, so, so. Yeah, you want to add? Yeah, I think he did all right overall. Um, same again with the cards, really. Probably could have got a couple out. Um, I didn't have any bets on cards this week, though, so it didn't cost me this time. <laughs> did in the Wolves game. Um, I was going to ask you something, actually, Jimmy, going back to the penalty very briefly. When the VAR says to the ref, look at it again, do you think that basically makes the ref's mind up there and then regardless of what they see when they do go back? Well, the referee doesn't, first and foremost, he doesn't have to act. If he said to VAR, it's a penalty. I'm not going to change my decision. VAR has no authority right. to make the don't. He doesn't even have to go to a monitor to look at the monitor. His decision inside what happens inside the four lines is his decision. VAR is only there to advise him. Now, strangely enough, VAR, the, the rule on VAR is they are not allowed to go back like they do in rugby three or four pieces before an incident. They're not allowed to do that, but they actually do. And uh, I think that's going to be checked uh, during the summer break. The virus going to begin as well. But he was right to listen to what was said. And he he took the right advice because, as I said, the position he got himself into, even if he was closer and looking at it as an angle, it was still very, very hard from 
not to give a penalty because, you know, when, when I seen it and from two angles, I looked at it and it looked like 100% a penalty every day of the week. It wasn't until it was seen in slow motion that the Wolves player actually made contact <coughs> with Orientis. He initiated the contact on that. Now, it's not simulation in the sense that he's diving, you know, but there was contact, but the contact wasn't by the defender. And that's why Mariner had the good sense and Var the good sense uh, to slow it. I thought overall, Andrew Mariner had a, a good game. Now, I've seen it on numerous occasions with referees and certain players where they look for contact. And the referees, I won't say they're fooled by it, but they allow it. They see what's going on and they allow it. Somewhere, sometime a referee is going to have to say, look, enough is enough, I'm not having this, and show a player the other card. And if that happens, it's going to stamp out an awful lot of what's going on. Players going down. I've seen a, a clip, uh, I can't recall the heading of it, but the player, there was no context uh, with him. It was about in South America. Uh, I'd say he went about two foot off the ground with the jump. When he landed, he went up another two foot, then rolled again, stood up, and then fell down and started rolling again. I seen Jack Grealish grab the <laughs> leg that wasn't even touched. And that, yeah. you know, I mean, so, if Farah's going to be here for, forever, Farah's going to have to look at it and say, this is it, you know, you just can't be having this. I mean, yeah. that was one of the most funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed the leg that wasn't involved. In the yeah. Sounds a bit like Neymar in the World Cup when he went rolling down the pitch. Oh, yeah. About, 30 yards. Yeah, yeah. That, was that, that, that yeah. was all I really wanted to ask um, additionally. Just wanted to uh, clarify that. Well, I, hope I, cleared, I hope I cleared up a few things. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I've just. Very informative as usual. I've got a, a suggestion, Jimmy, in relation to the diving. Now you might, you know, drop it into a meeting or something someday with your. Is this your pun that changed the walls, Carl? Yeah, well, this is it. Like, you know, like you're on about the diving and all that. Like, how. Yeah. How about implement if you dive in the middle third of the pitch, it's a booking. If you dive in the final third of the pitch and it's blatantly obvious you've dived, it's a straight red. Stamp it out. Stamp it out from the get-go. You if you threaten them with being sent off in the final third for diving, that'll cut it out straight away. Imagine if it was a penalty at your end yeah, but, instead. But the thing is you've got Varno and they can distinguish yeah. between a foul and a dive. And this is the thing, you'd stamp it out awful yeah. quick. Like. Well, referees, like, I, I think I may have told you this incident before Sligo Rovers in Derry City, mm. uh, two League of Ireland teams. Uh, it was the top of the table clash a couple of years ago. The game was down the showgrounds. And Damien McGrath, you know Damien Carroll? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Damien was the number one assistant. And Dublin had Paul Shooter's name was the referee. I can't think of the other lads, the other assistant. But there was an incident where the Derry City keeper came out of the, the six-yard box and Sligo Rovers, or sorry, Derry striker tackled him. The Derry striker went down. Paul Chews ran in and he got me a la carte for diving and a free out. Now, when I went to speak to them after the, the game, was over. Uh, in fairness to the referee, because I know the lie. <laughs> like, I mean, I know when I go to the dressing room to talk to the officials that they're going to lie and tell me, oh, well, I didn't look at it. You know, we, that's, 
part to part. Because I, I did it myself, yeah. so I know exactly what goes on. But in fairness to Paul Jude, he said to me, he says, the angle he says I was coming at it. He says, the angle I was coming at it, he says, it looked it was a dive. Now, I had a better view of it than he had. So I said to him, look, I'm not going to do anything till I look at it on Monday evening soccer and have a look at the highlights. And I could see, you know, three or four different angles. And the angle he was coming at, he didn't have the benefit of television cameras flashing and showing it from that. He made a decision. He got his decision 100% wrong. It should have been a penalty and a red card. Right, okay. Now, on the other hand, Damien McGrath, who copped out. Damien was the number one official. He maintained that the communication system broke down between the referee and himself, which I I couldn't prove. And yeah. I, but uh, referees are human as well. Well, this is the other thing, Jimmy. We have to remember that, and that's yeah. why we have you on as well, to kind of make sure yeah. that we do, as fans, remember that the refs are human. Yeah, yeah, we, we forget Ref, that quite a lot. Yeah, refs have feelings too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, thanks very much again. It's uh, it's been my a, pleasure, lads. Looking forward to a half hour yeah. there again, and we'll catch you again after the Villa game because I know we've we've both got vested interest now. I don't want any particular Villa fan knocking on Barry's door or knocking on your door now. Come full time, you know who I'm on about. I absolutely know who you're on about. Oh, and listen, unfortunately, I'm caught in the middle of it. I have to go through it. And, uh, <laughs> and my sister, uh, who doesn't like... Look, at, you remember Marion? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marion hated football with a passion. Yeah. And which was, I just couldn't understand it because half, like one side of her family was red and the other was blue. So she hated it. But an app, she could not stand it. And she couldn't understand why 22 people was chasing a ball. When I tried to explain to her the, the money that was out of it and that. But her greatest wish was to stop football. And she actually done it for a weekend when she passed away suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, 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 all the leagues cancelled their uh, fixtures in respect. And, wow. uh, and I'd say she was quite happy. She was quite happy to see no football for a weekend. No football Listen, for a weekend, yeah. Pleasure. You too, Jimmy. Thanks very much. Jimmy, thanks a lot. Take care. I catch you guys. Bye. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to another Auto Better podcast, the independently United podcast. You can engage with us via our socials on YouTube and Twitter at the address at AutonoBetter with your thoughts on the show or subjects you'd like us to discuss. You can even join us live and have your say while we're recording on our YouTube channel for the main weekly show and the Berardi and Coke Aftermatch podcasts. With three years' worth of content you can listen back to, from interviews with former Leeds players and managers to Hollywood stars. Maybe choose carefully which match reviews to check out though. Remember to subscribe on whichever app you choose to follow us on.